0: All right, people. Is this thing on? I think it's on. Welcome back. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney alongside McLean Boyd. And we got a two-man show. But the funnier part, we'll get to those two other knuckleheads here in a second. I messed up again, people. For like the ninth time on this podcast in various ways, this is our take two. We just did a just an unbelievable 15 minutes of golf podcast talk
1: will never be gotten back
0: and you know how when you make a mistake and you say well you know what never gonna do that again and guess what i fucking did it again i got to hit record
1: <laughs> so
0: oh, we just did a great 15 minutes we're gonna try to replicate that most likely it's not, not gonna be as good we're not so just take our word for it the first 15 minutes of our podcast that no one will hear was just fantastic yeah
1: so turn it off now or scroll 15 minutes ahead and go to the rest of the episode
0: that's right when when we can get back to our fresh takes that's right that's right
1: let's run back back through it what what happened this weekend in golf
0: how was your weekend mclean how was the move i can't remember what order we did this in i can't remember but we started with a little small talk that's right you know we were shooting the shit a little bit you moved down to florida yeah yeah, Dealing with all that outline, pregnant wife. Um, so when a quick
1: recap, quick recap for the crowd, there was an issue with the recording. We've now fixed that issue. My first segment was about my move, in case you missed that, which you did, it was awful. Moving is awful, it's a mild disease at very best. My wife is pregnant and emotional i'm i'm now emotional well my blood pressure's up that's all i can say uh it was like i said now i'm trying to like replicate something and i can't i can't do this Uh, it was i we had the moving's awful uh we have moved to florida it is fantastic we are in an incredible place we are very very uh, excited to be down here and uh, start a new chapter of our life if i can ever get these boxes out of here it would make for a much that's right you did
0: You did bring up the boxes. The boxes. That's right. We talked about the boxes. Talk about the boxes. Um,
1: They've taken over at this point. That's why I'm outside. I'm not actually allowed inside. The boxes have kicked me out. Um, I have like three toes that are still unstubbed at this point.
0: But you still were able to find a uh, bottle opener. Bottle opener. Oh, he bought a new one.
1: No, I'm kidding. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've got I've got them all over the place. I've I got one in say. my backpack. I got two in my backpack. Just in case I leave one at a hotel, I've got to have my backup wine opener in my backpack. <laughs> uh, we did unpack the fresh one, but we knew where that was. I labeled that box really well. Large letters. Um, you know, I
0: have, I have a beer bottle opener on my keychain. I think, I guess, a wine key is pretty hard to put on your keychain. It's pretty large it is it we is. need to make a small one we need to make somehow find a really good small one where we can we can market that shit and sell it
1: i'm interested let's do it i'm interested
0: although i just gave it a great great tip all of our listeners are gonna steal well, our idea now that that's actually recording and they're gonna hear it
1: well the good part about it is that it's gonna be one part corkscrew one part prison shank 399 available at any major convenience <laughs> store you will there you
0: go yeah you won't be able to get on an airplane with it but yeah no that's or you can't
1: get on here sir those are my car keys
0: we're gonna get prototypes made up we're gonna do this we'll put the emergency nine podcast logo on it
1: no it's, it's mike and mac <laughs> emergency nine podcast brought to you by mike and mac podcast
0: yeah so as you can hear there's only two of us um tom strange but i feel like he's boycotting the show or something And i don't think he's just absolutely sick of us you know he decided to just pack up him and his wife, and go down to Turks and Caicos. Which I can't really blame him. It's better than talking to us. But you know, I think he's starting to. We'll call this the dog days of summer. And he's he's like, man, I committed to talking to these fucking idiots for every week on a podcast. He's like, ah, that was a dumb idea. <laughs> so Tom's no longer, or not not no longer, but he's not with us tonight. And uh, Jay Bird, Mr. Jay Woodson, is up in Pittsburgh playing in a golf event. So we wish him the best of luck and lots of birdies and no bogeys. But uh, Aaron, his uh, great wife, is on the bag. So they got a little Team Woodson going on up there in Pittsburgh. So that's why he is not with us. And so it's just McLean and Mike. What
1: do you think Jay's doing right
0: now? Jay's probably cleaning the grooves on his golf clubs. Actually, no. He's deep into some beer because I saw his scorecard today.
1: Um, you think he's still trying to add that thing up?
0: No. I think the computers do it for him now. Jay, you know? Jay, I, Jay I love you. I'm so, just poking
1: fun because I get no opportunity to throw right. shade at such an incredible player.
0: That's right. Jay Jay had a tough day. We will, we'll, we'll let him give a recap next week if he wants. But I did not go as he would have liked today. But
1: His tough days are better than the majority of everyone's good days on the planet. So
0: that's yeah, right. And he's, he's going to bounce back. Guys. He's going to finish the, uh, the next two rounds um, strong, and we have faith that he'll, uh, you know, hopefully, he's flying the colors of the Emerging Nine Golf Podcast up there.
1: My only question is, what it feels like to be two over after three with an eagle. He had a three-hole stretch where he made an eagle. But he was still two over after three holes. I've done it and I just can't remember the feelings because I don't make Eagles anymore. I make lots of doubles. But
0: you know, you're you're giving him a hard time. He's not even here to answer this. You I know? know that that's what that's what makes it easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jay, we love
1: you. Uh can't wait to have you back next week and defend yourself. Um, not that you need defense. I mean, let's let's be real. The guy is just coming off fresh off of surgery. He's had less than a dozen rounds of, under his belt, goes out on the front nine this morning, shoots one under par, which is mm, better than just about a, any of us are going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no shape. Tough, or, long golf you know, course. Tough, long golf course up at Pittsburgh Field Club.
0: Playing um, against guys who facility. are playing professionally all day, every day that are still playing on the floor. Chase Kepka's in the field bunch of uh yeah corn fairy guys guys that have played on the pga tour and have played on corn fairy latin america canadian tour for forever and are still playing full time so yeah jay's jay plunges toilets for a living monday through friday ouch
1: that's worse Uh, than what i said
0: that was a shot that's Uh, worse than
1: what i said
0: i've used that line a whole bunch with jay so he's he's used to hearing that from me but now we'll 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 have jay give a give a breakdown uh to whatever extent he wants next week but you are stuck with just mclean and i um in all honesty folks we didn't watch a ton of golf you know mclean was busy moving from north carolina to florida and so he didn't get i don't know if he did you even have cable to watch golf i did not so here you go Um, i was able to watch some of it bits and pieces during the week and weekend I did use up some of my golf watching currency with the family for the U.S. Open. So uh, we did some family things this weekend, spent a little time at the pool and went to a winery and out to dinner. So I uh, didn't watch a ton of it, but we did. I didn't get to see most of the playoff. I couldn't believe how long it was. We were at the dinner and, and saw the end of regulation. The you know The first half of the playoff, drove home, put the girls to bed and grabbed my phone to see who won. And it was still going on. And then clicked over on, on the TV and and watched the last playoff hole. And Harris English is your winner. Makes birdie. It was um, uh, like we were saying earlier when it wasn't recorded. It was a very thrilling playoff for a bunch of pars. All right, they weren't trading birdies back and forth, but the pars had a lot of drama involved to them. There was someone making a long putt or on the on the verge of getting ready to make a bogey to lose it no one was really going out there winning it you know no one was stuffing it um but it was it was it was pretty it was hard to not get into the guys at the restaurant that we were at were hooting and hollering and yelling and they didn't really seem like golfers to me but i think they were getting into it In um yeah definitely a lot of balls on on both those guys both uh harris english and kramer hancock
1: no i think that, i think that's a Point that you just made there, Mike. You know, some guys that may not look like golfers um got into it. And I think that's what's so cool about especially getting into a sudden death playoff. That's universal. You just like sports, you're gonna get into that. You know, that that is, I think, when it becomes some of the most fun, some of the most intriguing, um, you know, on the edge of your seat golf that we get. And I was certainly disappointed to find out about the playoff after the fact obviously not even having the ability to watch it. So I just kind of tuned it out on my phone because it was, there's no point watching it on the PJ tour app. You, you want to kill yourself. And also had I tried to start streaming it, what my wife would have done while she's having emotional breakdown over unpacking boxes and boxes everywhere um, would have also not been pretty. I mean, you'd have done this podcast alone, Mike, quite frankly, uh, I'd have been castrated. Uh, it would have been an awful experience. However, Uh, moving's fantastic. I hope everyone does it at least once a year. Um, the golf tournament was fantastic and I hate that I missed as much as I did. I did go back and watch the, um, playoff and to your point, you're exactly right. These guys knocked down four to 10 foot putts over and over to extend, which is as much pressure as making a 10 foot birdie putt to extend. It was fantastic golf. They drove the ball poorly, especially to start with. Um, Harris English had a great up and down on the second playoff hole. Um, they both ran it by, I think on the third or fourth playoff hole, both stood up there and knocked them both down. Um, they played great golf and what they showed us. What's so funny about it is they showed us why they're tour players. They hit the ball all over the place, but figured out a way to make par. And a lot of people don't realize that that's what separates tour players. Everyone makes birdies. Birdies aren't something that only tour players do. Tour players make pars in situations where they shouldn't make par, and that was great to watch. Um, I think the competition was fantastic. I think we'll see a lot more out of Kramer Hickok moving forward. This was probably his first real taste of
0: yeah, taste is a great in the word. Mix
1: yep. playoff. Um, you know, I know he's a UT guy, friends with Spieth, um, has has a lot of experience. Has played a lot of high comp- high level competition. Com- excuse me really high-level competitive golf. Um, University of Texas alum, that is a great program that they run down there, has produced a ton of top talent, and I think he's going to go on that list. Going back to what we talked about a little bit earlier, I love the way he holds himself on the golf course. I like that he's a little bit fiery. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of his swing. I think his finish is a little bit abrupt, a little bit mechanical, but it obviously pays better than mine does. Um, so I, I, can't argue that at all. I, I figured out a long time ago, I got paid better to sell them than I did to use them. So I'm on this side of things. However, um, I, I think we'll see more from him. I'm excited for Harris English. I think it's just cementing kind of who he is on tour. He's really starting to make a big name for himself. He's multiple win guy, a Ryder cup conversations, number 12 in, um, um, official world, world golf ranking. Sorry. Um, I I love what he's doing. I like his golf swing. It's a little different. He's a Sea Island product, University of Georgia product. Uh, I love what he does with the golf ball. I like his swing. I like his tempo. Um, He is very calculated on the golf course, showed that first little burst of emotion on 18 when he made that putt. But if you can't show a little emotion on 18 when you've made a putt to, for him, what he thought was potentially a winner, Kramer Hickok came down and made the one on top of him to get to a playoff. Um, and it was funny. I was watching the video of that, and you see him on the range, you can hear the roar. It is so awesome to have crowds back and hear
0: roars. Yeah, it is cool. Um, that's what the PJ Tour is about, and that's what that's what made that's a part of what made the the you know the playoff fun. And you know, like it's it's sudden death, right? Where it's different if it's you know overtime in basketball, you know, they're just they're playing till the clock runs out. Where this is you know, PJ Tour, it's it's the, there's a finality of if you miss the putt, it's over kind of thing, sudden death, if you will. That's what makes, you know, playoff overtime hockey for me being a northerner and such a, a fun watch as it, it could end at any second. And it's kind of what it is on the PGA tour where one of those, like you said, one of those four to 10 footers that that those guys kept putting themselves in misses, lipped, lips out, catches the, the edge and well, it's over, it's done, right? There's no, there's no, well, there's still three more minutes left on the clock to, to correct it. And so, but yeah, it was fun. And the the crowd was definitely behind Kramer. I mean, they were, you know, chanting Kramer, Kramer. They were doing all kinds. I think they were like, kind of like, holy shit, this is going a long time. And they started to entertain themselves and do things and they were doing the wave and chanting and, and it was fun. And and yeah, Hickok definitely shows a little bit more emotion and, and, you know, English is a little more stoic and even keel, except for that putt on, on the 72nd hole in, in regulation. But yeah, it was, it was cool to watch and um, you know, I feel bad for I was kind of rooting, even though I picked Harris English on my terrible DraftKings team. He was my first pick and he was on it. However, I was rooting for Kramer Hickok just because he hadn't won before. English won earlier this year. has had a few events. is doing well. Like you said, it wasn't you just automatically popped the number 12 in the world rankings. He was already up there. I don't know what his world ranking was before the win, but you know, to get your so first probably
1: win. sixteen to eighteen. I mean, yeah, somewhere in there,
0: right there, top American player. And so, you know, Hickok it's a life changing kind of thing to get your first win and, and to get sure. that two year sure. exemption. And he had he had his buddy Sam Burns there, you know, with his with his wife and his and his family watching on the sidelines, um, if you will. I even showed Sam Burns had his his green reading map of the eighteenth green out, so he could kind of see what the break was going to do for all the uh putts, which was pretty funny, but so I was rooting for him, but I, I think he showed a lot of balls, a lot of class to uh, handling the loss. And uh, it was, it was fun to watch. And, and Harris is just a, a perfect gentleman, but
1: I like Kramer. I, I look forward to seeing more from him. I want to see him play. Well, I love to see, I love Americans with a little bit of emotion, you know, guys that are, I don't know the best way to say it, Mike, but that little bit more fire there, you know, they, they get up, they, they're
0: well, they're more fun to watch the guys that are, that don't show any more are just boring. Right.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't say what Harris English does is boring, but as a, I understand what Harris English does as a golfer, as, as someone who's played at a high level, as someone who has um, been around the game my entire life, I understand what Harris English does and it obviously pays very very well i was looking at some stats of his earlier not to get off topic here which i i love to do um you know he's played 264 events on tour four wins 37 top tens made 21.4 million dollars on tour most people especially your your not even avid golf your very average golfer if you ask them who harris English is they don't know
0: yeah no they know they who
1: they are he's not and then when you tell him oh he's ranked 12th in the world and he's made 21 million dollars on tour you know he's done it silently he, he's been a he's been a um he's, he's a, like you said a southern gentleman great addition to the tour um a great advocate for whatever he's behind he's yeah, that's you southern know.
0: hospitality
1: exactly exactly bless your heart however is it more fun to watch a guy like Kramer with some emotion? Absolutely. Would I rather introduce Harris to my wife? Probably, but I, maybe, you know, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, you know, and I'm joking. I'm joking entirely. Um, but at the same time, it's more fun to watch that guy with that little bit of an extra emotion in him. When we go back and we look at a lot of the guys that we've gotten behind over the years, the guys that are more fun to watch, it, it's it's the guys that show that vested interest in it.
0: Um, well, that goes for any sport, really. I mean, you think of course think of baseball the guy that hits the home run and just kind of goes about his business and just kind of does a trot and sometimes it's a guy that does the the exaggerated bat flip and maybe kind of takes his time going down the first baseline admiring it right the, you know there's at those,
1: the pitcher a little bit throws a little shade there. there are guys
0: that just have a little more flair out there and then there's there's some that are just you know just a little more even keel which That's is right
1: then you tune in because you're like that guy's definitely getting bean next up <laughs> exactly i'm sticking around to watch this hopefully they fight
0: yeah as long as the guy the pitcher's not using any spider tack on his hands but uh
1: that's part of the game
0: that's a different story we won't go down that rabbit hole different but it's
1: a different but that's the mike and mac podcast this is the emergency nine podcast that's
0: right yeah we'll take that off air which is they, did
1: i tell you recently that the red sox suck
0: but see they don't though they're in first place yeah i just don't like them well that's your fault okay that it that's all you wanted to do you just said red sox suck yeah that's
1: it that's it i was just you know poke the bear a little bit not a big fan you know
0: you don't have to poke me i'm used to i'm used to everyone hating my teams because they win you know what's funny is i actually
1: like boston as a city way more than new york but i pulled for the yankees over i don't know why i just pulled for the yankees as a kid um you know the bernie williams andy pettit oh god back then you know the I was, I don't know. I was a fan as a kid. I, I do not like Manhattan. I do not like New York City.
0: Hopping on, on the bandwagon. Boston.
1: I had a great time in Boston. I'm a Braves fan. So I don't want to hear about the bandwagon. I'm a Braves fan. But going, I, when I was on the van, I never went to Fenway, and that's my part. But when I was on the van with one of my former companies and I was up in um, uh, New York, we went to the game. And I will say this, and I know you're really going to love this. You're just going to absolutely love it can't wait after the win when you're walking out and they're playing new york new york man it's one of the like you just i i felt a part of it i'm singing it in the most redneck tone possible but i was like yeah i'm a part of this yeah this is definitely me they're talking to me
0: in new york new york (laughs) yeah that was all you i had a
1: good time it was good fun
0: yeah good for them fuck them all right where were we oh harris english how did we get to the boston red sox right i have no idea
1: you're welcome. I'm able to do stuff like that. It's really more of a magician type thing. I'm thinking about starting. Oh, because
0: my- I brought a baseball and the bat flips and then the yeah. spider tack. And then that's it. I'll Anyways. It.
1: Baseball. I love baseball.
0: So Harris English. We were talking about this when we realized the podcast wasn't recording. U.S. Ryder Cup team. We did this with Coke Rack. We'll do this. kind of. We've kind of looked at this list occasionally um, throughout the year. So, again, top six this year qualify, automatically qualify, different from previous years. Those are currently DJ Bryson, Morikawa, Kepka, JT, and Alexander Shoffley. Dude, that is a strong six. That's a very strong six. Holy crap. Then the non-qualifiers currently, number seven, Captain America, Patrick Reed, yeah, he's a captain's pick every day. It
1: doesn't matter. You know, you know, as an American, you want him on the team for match play.
0: And then up five spots at number eight, Harris English.
1: A hundred percent, he's in. He's ranked twelfth in the world. Um, two wins this year. How do you? How is he not in?
0: Oh, he's he's a hundred percent in on my team. I mean, just the just what we were talking about—the even keel. I'm not sure the nerves are. I mean people always say that the Ryder Cup is the most nervous these guys have ever been on that first tee. And it's not to say that he doesn't get nervous, but he's not going to show it. He's not going to show his opponent that he's nervous and man, he can pour in some 10 footers.
1: Well, but that is also the reason that the Europeans have had a lot of success. The Europeans have historically been more emotional because of what we talked about earlier with the tiger, David Duval era of when, dealing with your emotions differently was changed. Um, all of a sudden guys started being coached to the fact that you just, you don't show any emotion. You, you just, you go about your business. Another shot is another shot. It doesn't matter if it's from the bunker or three feet away. It's just another golf shot. And they didn't show a lot of that emotion. where the Europeans, I feel like do a great job of showing emotion. They do a great job of being invested in And they, they are so invested in the Ryder cup. It's incredible. Um I'm not saying anything negative about my American team because I can promise you who I pull for nine days a week. Um, make the Ryder cup great again. So it was it's gonna be an incredible event this year. I think we've got an incredible team. Uh, I think some of these guys are going to I mean, like you just said, our top six, I don't think they can I don't think they can be beat. I mean I really, look our American team can be beat this year. We're just incredibly strong.
0: And then listen to the guys that Harrison English ahead of: Cantley, Finau, Spieth, Berger, Webb Simpson, Scotty Scheffler. I mean, I mean, gee, that's so. I just listed off a total of fourteen guys.
1: Who Who do you not want? Who's the outsider on that list? Pick one. I. I mean, I, I dare you, because Cantley's in, Finau's
0: in, Cantley's in. Oh, that- I don't know. Is Finau in? What about it. No, that's he the, that he has thing. not been playing well recently, no, as I can attest.
1: Right. You're right. You're right. I love Finau, but you're right. He's not in. He's the one guy who's not in, and his putting's not strong enough to be influential in match play. Um, can't lays in.
0: Can't lays in. Spieth's in.
1: Spieth's in. Burgers on the line.
0: Burgers close. Simpsons close. Scotty Scheffler's close. Scheffler's in. Simpson and Scheffler to me are in. So then you're Sheffler, two out. So sure then you' your two out are. Uh, Berger and Fino, based off of your list.
1: Yes, absolutely correct. I feel
0: good about that. I think Berger really. I think Berger and Scheffler are a toss up there. To pick them.
1: No, I like Scheffler, one hundred percent. Scheffler's got that grit. Scheffler can shoot low, low numbers. Not that Berger can't, but
0: where they playing Whistling straights, right? So that's going to be a bombers kind of course. Oh, yeah. Jordan Spieth played well there the last time they had a major, so.
1: If his putter's on fire, he can, the guy can play well anywhere.
0: Yeah, good point. So, anyways, it, it is. It just it's just kind of curious to look at that ranking list, and it seems like you know to say Scotty Scheffler, who's just been playing awesome the last year, is 14th, and on the outside looking in is shows you how strong it is. And then you know we'll probably that gag guy's
1: it. Really starting. To be, he he's a couple of wins away from almost a Hall of Fame career. Give that Who? guy two majors, two PGA Tour wins, and he puts himself in those situations Who? a lot. Scotty Shuffler? Two wins and two majors away. Yeah, bit- that's a
0: shit ton away. You're right. You can't just give someone two wins. He hasn't won a dot. You don't want a thing yet. No, but two no, wins and the two way majors. He's
1: played, no, all I'm saying is that he keeps putting himself in those situations. And he's a couple putts away from having two wins and two majors. Uh, and I'm not saying that those are the exact right. If we go back and look at the exact numbers and the situations that he's put himself in, he's the close. way he's playing. He keeps putting himself in those situations. It, and this is more of what I meant by that. Let me retract and clarify. He keeps putting himself in. Uh, the please
0: situation. do. Cause that was a terrible take.
1: He keeps putting himself in the situations where he has the opportunity to win majors, win events. And he's a couple of strokes away from being able to give himself that Hall of Fame career. I think he's gonna be around for a while. I like his swing. I think it's incredibly natural. I think he he's another one of those guys that is a really good all-around player. I think he will prove to be a force over the next few years as one of the top Americans. And I think he will, Win majors. I think he will win events, and I think he has the potential to create a Hall of Fame career.
0: Okay, all right, that is the better way
1: of putting it. And I apologize. (laughs) I did get a little up. Look, I'm on the second half of my my grapes. You
0: you got very excited there with Scotty Scheffler. Take
1: during the the unrecorded half was fantastic. The first two glasses of this grapes were, you know.
0: All right. What about this? How about Will Zalatoris? He's twentieth. He's out he's out i mean i think he's out too but that's just
1: he he's just a little green and he hasn't broken through if he if he'd have broken through and he still has the opportunity to
0: yeah but neither neither is scottish sheffler torres
1: wins between now and the Ryder cup does it become more of a conversation
0: oh 100
1: right so all he needs to do is break through and really convert and if he finishes three top fives between now and then He's going to give himself that chance. Now, is he one of those guys that you'd call just on the outside looking in?
0: Absolutely. He might win this week. Who knows? In the field again, but we'll get there later on.
1: Has anyone ever become a Ryder Cup team member while starting the year without a card?
0: I, I think he's still technically not a PGA tour member.
1: I am I was thinking the same thing, but I, he's played so much and he's, he's done so well. I'm not. Yeah. Sure. I
0: think it's he's not. technically, I'd have to look it up. I think he's technically not a PGA tour member yet, which is absurd. Um, But just because of the be. way he these, will be.
1: it's a formality.
0: Well, yes, he's it's a formality. He enough. will get it. He will get the official card at the end of the year. Yes. Because of his world rankings in his FedEx cup, or he's actually not even in the FedEx cup, right? Cause he's not a member, but, yeah, that's a formality. I don't think he's on the FedEx Cup list because he's not a PJ Tour member. Interesting. We can dive into that or look at, look that up later. But anyways, he's he's an interesting uh, name for the, you know, Stricker could go off the board a little bit if he's still down there in that 20th, you know, I mean, high teens. I,
1: I kind of like the way Zalatoris plays for match play. He's one of those Americans that plays with a little bit of emotion.
0: Yeah, and he hits the ball awesome, right? So you're thinking about foursomes alternate shot. You know the guy just flushes it. He's not the greatest putter in the world, uh, but he's not going to hit the ball all over the map, right? And he's shown that he can make some birdies, so they do put him in four ball. But so, anyways, let's go. Let's go a little couple more nuggets from the uh, the travelers up in Connecticut, the non New England state little muscle moment real, real fast and i've already done this once in the podcast they give, a, they give away a fucking stupid blazer at this place a navy blue blazer can we stop that people can we just stop that it's a navy blue blazer
1: it's at a least travelers championship blazer it is useless
0: remember i Absolutely think my use useless i think i use the example of he's trying to try to you know get you're gonna get a mortgage of him or buy insurance from him. like I, I i get colonial i get rbc because they're like at least cooler jackets you know tartan there's something there you know in the plaid jacket and colonial but can the navy blue blazers go away nobody wants a navy blue blazer
1: yeah i agree there's no significance to it unless
0: you're a member of the pga you don't need a navy blue blazer
1: it will be worn one time that's right one time do you think he's walking around with an embroidered travelers blazer i don't think so no if Not anything, happening. it's going to be framed in his office and that's cool. But he's probably going to look at it and be like, now nah, I've got a trophy. Why would I frame this
0: useless blazer? Yeah. It's just, I'm going, to, I'm going to keep pointing out those tournaments every time it happens.
1: I like it. I thought about that actually when I saw it. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. Mikey wouldn't like this.
0: Yeah. All right. So the other thing that came out or happened, one of our segments, do we ever name the segment who cost themselves the most money? Sunday spenders. Sunday spenders. There you go. Love it. It rolls all the tongue is everyone's favorite, Bubba Watson. Oh,
1: he just couldn't happen to a better guy.
0: He was um, leading or tied for the lead early on the back nine. Finishes T-19. Six shots out of the playoff. Thanks to, listen to these last five holes. Five, five, four, six, five. That's a bogey, 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 double bogey finish for a 41-73. And you, sir, cost yourself a whole bunch. I never
1: like talking bad about someone and how they actually score and how they finish because I just feel like there's too much karma there. Well, like I said, couldn't happen to a better guy. Um, I've been in Pensacola a decent bit recently, and he has a little ice cream shop right down from the hotel that I normally stay at. And I almost speed up when I get close to it just to try and get past it faster. Great sign. Has his face on it. Oh, Of course it has his face on it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Has to have his face on it. Bubba's ice cream. And in Pensacola, people refer to, well, Bubba does this or Bubba does that. And I ask, you know, who gives a shit? Gold (laughs) jacket, green jacket. Who gives a shit?
0: Anyways, that was, that's my bubble moment for the week. That's, it was uh, funny because we were for some
1: strange. That was time for some strange. Oh yeah.
0: We're for some strange. Go ahead, Tom. Oh no. Okay. No, give him a second. His mic's still muted. God damn it. Another mute. Hey, we, well, at least we can get in a, in a word with no Jay here. You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just, we are all on Jay for this podcast.
0: Jay he's such Collins. a nice guy. It's hard to give him he's shit. He's the nicest and,
1: guy in the world. I love him to death. You
0: know, I guess we've decided to give him shit when he's not here. So,
1: hey, it's nothing better than talking behind someone's back. That's nothing right. Better. And no
0: one's going to hear this. No one. We could have said all this when we didn't record it, but we chose to say it when all we
1: We actually didn't say anything about did It's like anything, anything negative
0: about Jay, Jay when we weren't Jay. recording. So, no,
1: Mikey did say your scorecard looked like you were trying to dial long distance.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. I did not say that.
1: Was that not you?
0: No, I think that was you. I'm putting words in my mouth. I'm an asshole. I'm not Cheers. that big of an asshole. Cheers. Masshole. That's right. You can't say that word. Only I can. <laughs> so let's go into a little bit. You have anything else from the Travelers? Your uh oh, your Spanish sensation, Abraham Answer played well.
1: He always does. <laughs> the guy's a fucking stud. He like, is. He is a
0: stud from is Mexico. Is there anyone
1: on earth you'd want to have a chipping contest against less for a million dollars?
0: Um, there's some guys up there. You know, he is it's Abraham
1: he, Answer and Phil. You
0: know, what's crazy though. If you look at his stats, his short game is not that good from a stat standpoint. Stroke screen around right. the green. The
1: stats stats are wrong. Fuck him.
0: He does. I mean, he, if you look at go his Instagram page, he has some chipping videos on there, and he's got some. Seriously good set of mitts on him, as they would say in in the hockey world. Some really good hands. But I just wanted to talk about him because he's the Spanish sensation.
1: I thought we moved on from that.
0: (laughs) No, that was one of my favorite moments of the podcast so far.
1: (laughs) You guys turned me into a racist.
0: No, we weren't. We weren't. I was not pointing it out. I don't think it, it made you racist at all. I just think it made you dumb. That's why I pointed it out.
1: Oh, so my choices are dumb or racist awesome (laughs) it's fantastic input Uh, i love it brought to you by mike and mac
0: that's right all right so moving on i did watch a little bit of this as well because i think i'm probably the most uh the biggest resident lpga fan on this podcast
1: i'm i'm sneaking in there big time especially when they play in prime time
0: It's, it's, it's fun. I I just like watching them and their golf swings are so much better than the guys for the most part. They put so well, they do everything so well,
1: so well, it's just so it's, um, what's the best way of saying it's technologically almost like not technologically. Uh, it's, it's
0: very, where are you going with this?
1: When you watch their golf swing, you watch a lot of it. It's very calculated, but it's also something to where it it looks like the ideal swing. Like there's so many girls out there that have swings that you just, and a lot of them come from Asia. Uh, But if you look at a lot of their swings, you're like, wow, did they just study? Yeah, their technique and their mechanics is. is Sorry, technical. I was saying technologically. I was trying to say
0: technical. Yeah. Very technically sound. Very, very technically
1: sound. And around the greens, um, you know, they're incredible. Nellie Corda taking over at number one. This yeah, week. so Nellie Corda wins. back on
0: top. 22 years old, wins her first major. Everyone's been kind of waiting for her, waiting for her to win a major. She won earlier in the year, um, I think in February in Orlando. She won last week on the LPGA Tour and then gets it done this week for her first major and then takes over the number one spot in the world. She's only, um, she only, only third or fourth American ever to hold the number one spot. And she's only 22 years old. Everyone's been kind of waiting for this, which seems like a long time, but again, she's only 22. So, uh, you know,
1: I think that's something, you know, obviously her sister, Jessica has been out here for a little bit longer and she's made an incredible career as one of the top American players for a long time. and still is one of the top American players. She is. Yep. Ellie is has done. And I, it's one of those things where, if you're the younger brother of a or younger brother or sister of a success story, are you then able to take more advantage of that and then possibly potentially surpass them? Um, I think yeah. it's incredible what Nelly's done, but my Serena. question is that if she was exactly, my question is that without Jessica achieving what she did, would Nelly have still been able to achieve what she did? And that's taking nothing away from Nelly. Let me be very clear about that. Nellie has earned every bit of it and she took advantage of every opportunity she got. And that's why now she's number one in the world. And that is nothing to take away from Nellie. However, if the opportunities didn't present themselves to Nellie because of what Jessica did, is she still able to achieve it? That's that's my only question. And again, taking nothing away from her. It, it's just, is that, a, I mean, I got to feel like that's a huge benefit. I know very few tour players with older brothers that are winners on tour, or older sisters that are winners on tour, um, to the tune of like zero. So I don't know. I, I it's just what pops into my head. It, would she still be able to accomplish that?
0: That's it. No, I think it's, I think it's a good point. I think, you know, cause especially too, cause they're so close. They, um, they're playing together all the time, practice rounds together, practicing together. I think you're, you know, there's gotta be a, a sibling rivalry. They obviously want each other to do really well, but they also want to compete and drive each other and, and, and make each other better. You know they're both now. Jessica snuck into the last spot on the U.S. Olympic team, so they'll be going together. You know to the Olympics, so I'm sure that'll be a cool experience for them. But
1: it's incredible that that is incredible. I want to know across all sports to where two siblings were on the same Olympic team.
0: Well, especially when there's only four of them. It's not like it's a team of twelve that or beyond, sixteen. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: that's beyond crazy. But golf not having the history. Of most of the other sports in the Olympics. I want to know how often that's actually happened with sports that have a much larger team and much more time as a sport. That's a part of the Olympics. Um, I think it's incredible. I'm rooting for Nellie and Jessica the whole way. I'm a big fan of the Corda sisters. sisters. Uh, I can't wait to see what they do at the Olympics.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun to watch them and it, it's good to get, you know, an, Right. So from our standpoint, us being the United States Americans, the, the knock on the LPJ Tour is there's not many great Americans. Right. And not to say that there is n- a lot of really good international players, you know, but this is the first time an Americans won a major in 11 majors. I think it was 2018. Angela Stanford was the last American to win a major. It's only the th- she's only the third American to take over the number one ranking in the world. That's got to help women's golf a little bit here, you know, stateside here, here is here is
1: absolutely correct because in Asia, uh, in a lot of other markets, it's very, very big. I think the media shows so much of the men's side of things. That's very easy for us to gravitate there. I think now the women's game is getting more coverage than ever. And for true golf fans, it's much easier to start getting more involved. I know I am. I'm starting to follow it a bit more. I love when the TV coverage is staggered so that because the biggest problem with women's golf and men's golf is that on Sundays, if they finish at the same time, you have NBC and the golf channel showing it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not being an advocate for it but I am saying that everyone is still tuning into the men's golf.
0: Yeah. So I've actually heard an interview um, earlier this year with Mike Juan, who is the exiting LPJ commissioner taking over for I like
1: Mike Juan a lot, by the
0: way. Yeah, it's hard. To, I mean, he's done amazing things. If you look at some of the numbers, yes. of what the LPJ tour was before he started and what it is now.
1: It's impressive. Quite frankly.
0: I mean, the number of events that they've grown it to the purses, the TV coverage, the network TV coverage, right? Cause it's not just about the golf channel. It's how much is it getting on? nbc you know and so where was i going with that oh so mike wanted an interview and someone asked him about tv coverage and not why don't they stagger it more why wouldn't you end the the lpga two hours after or two hours before or so people aren't trying to have to choose They can watch the ending of both. Yeah, absolutely. But he actually said the numbers dictate that when they're on at the same time, they get just as many, if not more viewers, because people are kind of flipping back and forth, which I find hard to believe. I would think that they would want at least an hour after. Anyways, I guess
1: to finish up at the same time, I definitely agree that I think people flip back and forth because I know I do, but you don't want them to finish up at the same time. And if i'm just being honest it's our commercial break golf Mm -hmm. call it what it is if it's on at the same time call spade a spade you tune in during the commercial breaks of the pga tour um my hopes are that as everything progressive and i'll be honest with you you know the way i think it should be let's play it earlier let's put them off let's have them finish up at three o'clock you have a small field. You can tee them off at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock.
0: Well, yeah, you can do threesomes off three. of split tees.
1: It doesn't matter. It, it let's Everything's done for TV and money anyways, right? Yes. Everything. Every decision on earth is designated around that, for the most part, for, from a business standpoint, unfortunately. Have them finish up at 3. Have the guys finish up at 5. Let us be able to watch the end of the, the LPGA, and then go watch the back nine of the men you want to see a big a big influx in tuning in do it during the front nine of the final round of the leaders on the pga tour have them tee off early let's finish it up let's watch them finish up and then move forward that that would be me now i'm not a tv exec certainly not paid like one but in my mind that seems like a really good compromise while giving the girls their due because most guys are tuning in let's say You know, like I said, if their tournament tees off or finishes up at three and the PGA Tour finishes up at five, most guys that are concerned about the PGA Tour coverage have sat down in there. They're tuned in. So they can flip over, watch the finish, watch Nelly beat.
0: Was that Salas this weekend? Came in second? Yeah. I just. It was like a two-woman race there.
1: Yeah, it was. It was great. I mean, I, I'm really happy to see Nelly win again. Nellie win again.
0: No, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I again, I'm, a, I'm an advocate. I'm a girl dad, right? And I have two girls, so I'm, I've gotten more invested in, you know, um, the LPJ tour, trying to get my girls into it, and I hope they can get the proper coverage and exposure that they need, and you know, they've they're, they're starting to play for more and more money, and it's getting up there, and I just, these girls are good, and so I want them to get the you know, the proper respect that, that, they deserve, but yeah, Nellie and just kind of go over the, the event a little bit, Nellie and, um, Lizette kind of was really just a two woman race, you know, Nellie finished at 19, Lizette at 16, and then tied third was 10 under. So, you know, there was people kind of hanging around, but it was really just, just the two of them that, um, well, no, really that, any chance you make
1: a great point because even just saying that 19 and 16 under, a lot of people say it's like why they don't tune into the WNBA because they're not dunking enough. Um, 19 unders has plenty of dunks.
0: Oh, no, yeah. A, they were lighting it up. Un- there's two of them. I mean, there's like the two of them were playing a different golf course. Nellie on Friday shoots 63. She goes like, what, seven under her last eight holes or something like that very last six holes on Friday. That's you fun know? to
1: watch. That if is fun she was, to watch.
0: If she wasn't, it was unbelievable. She either hit it to like three feet or she was making like a 15 footer. It, it was just impressive. Obviously, but that's amazing. You know, so the other thing, as I look at this leaderboard, while I'm going to tout the LPGA tour, is there's some great girls to watch out there. Obviously, Danielle Kang, another good American, finished well this week. Patty uh not definitely, not 100% sure where she's from. Um, played college golf, I believe, over here. But she hits the ball an absolute mile. Got a great golf swing. And if you're ever bored, you need to look up the video of her pre-shot routine or her uh, warm-up routine on the driving range. She gets a bunch of shots on one leg from her left leg, and then she switches to a bunch of shots with her right leg and just flushes them. It's anyways, really impressive. And then just to go down this leaderboard, T7, friend of the pod, Austin Ernst with a... Uh, a top 10 in a major. She had one last year, uh, top five at the, at the British women's British over there, but played great seven under par, nice, solid 69 to open. Every time I looked up and watched it, we had on in the golf shop on Thursday. She was just hitting it to 10, 12 feet. And really, I mean, I think 69 was about
1: just what was, she does.
0: Yeah. She just hits it solid. You know, she did game is so good. She didn't make much. I think that was probably what the highest score she could have shot on day one was 69. And had it going again on Sunday. I think she was five under on the day, was up to 10 under for the event, and had a late triple, which I know is, is going to uh, tick her off and, and bug her. You know, lost some, obviously, lost some money, lost some points, world ranking points, uh, Olympic points, all that kind of stuff. She, she should be fully entrenched in the Solheim Cup this year. I think she's high enough in those rankings, but
1: she'll be a top American for sure.
0: Yeah, she's definitely I think, I think I think
1: she's already starting to cement herself in that position. But I think she will be that I don't want to say elder, but that experienced American player uh that I think we've missed for a little bit on the LPGA tour. There are a couple of girls that can that can say that they kind of fill that role, but I think I think Austin's that next one.
0: Yeah, I mean if you look at the official world rankings, she's up to number twenty-two. And from a US standpoint, obviously Nellie Corda number one, Danielle Kang at five, uh, Lexi Thompson at nine, Jessica Corta at thirteen, Allie Ewing at seventeen, and then Austin Ernst at twenty two. So she's this what fifth or sixth ranked, she's a sixth ranked American in the world. That
1: that's something to be incredibly proud of, by the yeah. way. You know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Austin's. She's been a great friend of the podcast. I love her. Uh, her brother's an, an old buddy of mine. Her dad's an incredible PGA professional. Um, I, I, there's no one I could be happier for. I love seeing her succeed.
0: It was good. It was good seeing her play well this week. And then speaking of her, one of the things that came out on the LPGA Tour news this week, and thanks to KPMG, he's just a huge proponent and sponsor. Uh, of women's golf was they're starting this new stat tracking service. It's kind of in beta testing. They're having the caddies doing a lot of it. And one of the things we had talked about when we interviewed Austin was sure. they don't have any access to stats, right? They don't have shot link like the PGA tour does, where these players, caddies, coaches can log on and see just about every possible stat imaginable and exactly where their shots are going. You know, and one, just it's from a fan standpoint, it's easy to track, right? You can't track. Shot by shot, when you watch the women, if you're looking for, try to follow along on the app, you're just gonna wait until they post a score update. And so, is leading the charge, and I think it's gonna be obviously it's gonna be big for the women to see where their real flaws are and weaknesses. And you know, Austin was talking about her and her brother chart some things, and her Drew, fiance got out. Drew Ernst, yep, and her fiance Jason does you know, some kind of analytics, crunching, stat crunching of the numbers to kind of see where they're at. And when I play at the Kings Mill Pro-Am, I was talking to uh, my second wife, Mooney, he, Lily, and, you know, British. they, uh, <laughs> they her and her caddy have to do all kinds of, you know, number crunching to try to figure out their stats. And what are they? They don't know what they are strokes gained. And the other thing is, too, is the media doesn't know what they, these girls are stroke gained driving, off the tee, putting, short game. We know who's good putters, right, by watching them, but we don't really have numbers to back that up. And I think that would be a great way for us as the general public to understand how good they are. And I think you'd be able to kind of compare men and women's games a little bit better. Would you would
1: certainly identify and quantify where these girls are
0: yeah if you could if you could see from from 200 yards what so-and-so's proximity is to the hole versus bryson's from 200 yards and they're hitting six clubs more you know what i mean it would really kind of put it a little bit more in perspective i think
1: well and to take this one step further so in club bidding for example the lpga tour numbers are something that are much more relevant for the average golfer in terms of and i'm not saying that their track man numbers are absolutely perfect because at the end of the day they are just an average now they are an average of a field of very wealth custom fit players with the best equipment in the world but at the same time they are still an average it's not that you could say that this is the absolute perfect and absolute ideal you almost can't even say that with the PGA Tour guys. There is an average, but there has been mathematical um, equations done that show what is the best or what is the best. You will see the PGA Tour numbers. A lot of those fall into that, uh and they fall in that range because ultimately, after doing all that research, we realize that we want to get guys in these certain ranges, and then you build clubs that allow them to. Con- To do so, correct? But there are also a lot of guys out there that aren't in that range. There are still a lot of guys that create that bell curve. Then the LPGA, for them, having the ability to start to quantify those numbers would be incredible. At the same time, going back to the point I was trying to make, the average golfer, male golfer, let me be very clear the average male golfer relates much more to the speed that the lpga tour players create versus the speed that the pga tour players create yeah they so launch characteristics. The dissect those numbers a little bit more well speed at the end of the day mike that's what it comes down to yeah it's not even launch characteristics because ultimately all it comes down well to is from their there's speed. a much larger there's a much larger population of golfers that swing the club from 90 to 100 mile an hour versus that swing it from 115 to 130 mile an hour you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That
1: that's more really what it comes down to. It's not even the launch characteristics cuz launch characteristics are determined by somewhat your Yeah, they're determined angle, by speed, right? angle, but at the end of the day, the most influential number is speed without question.
0: Yeah. So but then you'd also be able to see if we had all these numbers, you'd also be able to see that the from 200 yards, they're way better than we are at the same speeds. You know what I mean? There,
1: I don't know that I'd argue that. I, I, I would probably say that you're not far off from that. I mean, but at the same time, playing devil's advocate, not picking a side. I'm not saying that that's incorrect because we don't have the data, but you got to think that someone hitting a six or seven iron versus someone hitting a four hybrid would be better. But if you watch these girls, they're not afraid to take a head cover off and they flag it. Absolutely full. Oh, yeah. Low lofts don't bother them. They're used to hitting them, then they do well. The girls with hybrids, that's impressive. And the one thing that I love, and I think that's so incredible, is how well they learn to judge the golf course they're playing that week. Because these girls don't fly the ball onto the green and and create a ton of spin from 110 feet in the air. So that ball doesn't react the same way once it lands. These girls have to deal with a lot more than a lot of the guys do because from that same position where DJ is going to hit a 6 or a 7 iron and whoever on the LPJ tour one of the longer hitters on the LPJ tour from 210 is going to hit a 4 hybrid
0: yeah i mean Alexi who bombs it she'll she'll hit a 4 iron from there i bet 5
1: iron but regardless When you look at someone who's hitting a four hybrid or four iron versus a seven iron, you're gonna take the seven iron all day. Even Lexi would say that. Lexi would rather hit seven irons than four irons. Well, yeah, that's the girls are the girls are really sneaky at that distance. But going back to what I'm saying is that they have to learn how to land the ball short and run it up, or take advantage of holes where you can't do that. That is very, very difficult. And it's something that a lot of the guys don't have to deal with.
0: Well, they also play a golf course on average that's longer than in relation to how far they hit relative to the men i mean they played at lane athletic club at almost 6800 yards i mean it's like the guys playing an 8000 yard golf course 8200 yard golf course you know what i mean and nelly Corder just shot 19 under
1: where is nelly on the driving distance
0: well, you're asking me stats i don't have in front of me yeah but i i need you to
1: go ahead and just look it up because that's, that's a part of that argument, Mike. You make a fantastic point, but we need to know where she is. Is she one of the longer hitters that's able to take advantage of a longer course? Or,
0: Yeah, but Lizette Salas is, that. I'll tell you what, I know, I know for a fact, Lizette Salas is really short, and she came in second at 16 under.
1: So, you know, it depends on how they have the golf course set up at the same time. I mean, I don't think 68 for a LPGA Tour event is over... I don't think it's like putting Kiowa eight thousand yards. You know, I don't think yeah, it's it is. In, 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 in just a relation, you think it is?
0: Yeah, there was there was an article done a couple months ago. If someone, it was, someone so, did a study on, on the,
1: argument. if it was, they wouldn't shoot nineteen under.
0: I'm trying to find. This is a terrible website. For I'm stats. just saying,
1: if it was, if it was egregiously long, no one shoots double digit under par, much less nine. Team under well it
0: was playing you firm and fast so it, it plays longest? shorter
1: okay
0: uh, uh Nellie quarter is 10th on the tour and driving distance at 273. and van Dam is the leader at 290 bianca in 10th 10th
1: so she's absolutely one of the longer hitters in the game Would you agree or disagree?
0: Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Lizette South is 141st. At the same time, a long
1: hitter, especially at a place like AAC, they didn't have that place set up to the toughest of its abilities, and they didn't obviously play it from too long. No one shoots 19 under on a golf course that is too long or too difficult. And I guess too long is really more of the argument.
0: I'm just saying they, they play a golf course in relation to how far the average LPGA tour player hits it. That's way longer than what the men play. And McLean just left.
1: I don't disagree with that. I was, I had to, I had to plug in. I had to change locations. I was doing it seamlessly with grapes coming back in with a thought. And you overshadowed me, Mike, you, you you stepped up too early moving back to our conversation though. Um, I, I, again, if we're going to talk about a golf course being too long, I don't want to hear about anyone being 19 under par. And then having I didn't some say it like was too
0: long. I didn't say the golf course was too long. I'm saying the courses they play are longer in relation to how they hit it versus the men. That's what I'm saying. If you played them at the same distances as they have in, or same clubs they have in, it's like playing at over 8,000 yards. And that was a study that was done earlier this year. All
1: right. I'm not disagreeing with that.
0: I'm I not saying they're too long. I'm also, maybe we're talking, maybe the the men are playing too short.
1: I don't think that's correct. I think that golf courses need to be tighter. I think gruff needs to be grown, grown up more. I don't think the guys, I don't think a guy at the length of Bryson DeChambeau should have driver in his hand, every hole. I think if a guy at that length has to peel back and hit some.
0: I I think long, I think long rough though is boring golf.
1: It's not when you have guys having to chip out; they can't advance the ball. That's not fun to watch. That's what the U.S. Open's been. I didn't right. say it was fun to watch. Then why does everyone tune in and has some of the highest ratings in? Because well, it's, it's a major.
0: But I don't. I don't think it's fun to watch. I think the courses where look at look at Augusta. There's no rough. But there's a lot of shot making. There's different. There's variety. You can play play a certain shot three different ways. You I don't get that out of the rough. You get one option. I
1: think there's some combination. I think there's a, a happy ground. I mean, look at the Heritage, for example, RBC in Harbortown. Not a long golf course. Still plays fairly tough. Guys don't shoot
0: stupid yeah, there's numbers no, There's it no It's not because of rough. No,
1: but it takes driver out of some guy's hands. All I'm saying is that I don't think length is the issue that a lot of people are making it.
0: That's fine. I just don't, I don't like the idea of just growing up rough to combat it. Especially around the greens. That's just boring. Just hack it up. Give these guys options. Make them think. Give them some short grass. They struggle with short grass around the greens. I think you
1: can make golf courses more difficult and still make it friendly to the average player. Um, I don't think you have to have rough, I think you have natural areas and it's like a Pinehurst mentality really what you see a lot with core crunch all and i don't i wouldn't say every core crunch all course i think is fantastic but i will say you can remove rough and still have a difficult golf course and you can still Mm -hmm. reward good shots in the process
0: yep I i agree with that there's a
1: an opportunity to marry those two if the golf course has to be a little bit tighter if the penalizing has to be a little bit more penalizing and when i say that i mean if if you hit it just off the path whatever you determine that line is is does it penalize a little bit more i I mean i i just have a very hard time trying to take distance away from it and i do think that there needs to be a lot of holes out there where a guy a long player can pull out driver i don't think it needs to be 14 of them however
0: i'm i'm fine with that
1: I think a 289-yard short par four with a very small green and a lot of um, trouble around it that is also a very fair hole. We saw one at TPC this week uh, where you can go for the green or you can lay up, but it's still a difficult wet shot. It's not a big green. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. trouble around it. I think there should be more holes like that in golf.
0: Yeah, that goes that goes to, that goes to a variety, to different ways. Five hundred yards long. Yeah, that goes to variety in different ways of playing a hole. And one guy can hit an iron, and one guy can try to drive it, and they can make the same score. And Get, that's give people what, options.
1: Absolutely, I think that's where I think some of the best courses in the world have more of those holes.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. That's like what what I. That's why my whole argument against rough is there's no. There's no shot making. There's no options. It's just hack it out.
1: And it's, it goes the same thing for par threes. Some of the best par threes, most memorable par threes in the world are under 160 yards. And there are too many 200 yard plus par threes out there these days from the tips. And it seemed like everyone tried to put a seven in front of a scorecard. All of these courses that were designed prior to you know, 1999 all were 64 to 6,900 yards in 69 was a long golf course back in those days. But then all of a sudden it seemed like too many golfers that right, all we need is a seven in front of our scorecard to remain legitimate. So they made all their par threes, 212 to 227 yards long. And there's 7,003 yards total just to get over that number. Whereas it, it one? Most of those greens were not designed to take a 200 yard golf shot into. Um, especially with modern turf surfaces. But I think that distance has become an issue that I don't think really exists. I think you can make a golf course very difficult without it making it very long, and I think it can also play fair. Again, like I said, if you look at some of the best par threes and most memorable par threes in golf, we talk about 12 at Augusta. We talk about... um, Oh, God, I'm brain farting seven at Pebble. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's a, stamp a lot of
1: postage stamp at Troon. Um, There's a lot of incredible par threes that are some of the most memorable and most well-regarded par threes on the planet that are under 160 yards. So I I think there are ways to not make a golf course eight thousand yards, but still make it tour caliber, still make it very fair, and still make it a good test of golf for average golfers when the tour is not in town. I agree. All right, let's move on.
0: We are down a, a rabbit hole there? there.
1: I know, but I love rabbit holes, man. Sometimes I get burrowing, and you know, I just don't know when to stop.
0: God, you're on like a the whole thing's like a McLean monologue. Just like I don't know taking, what to do, taking without over Jay. Jay's role tonight.
1: I don't know what to do without Jay here. I'm just getting aggressive.
0: I'm ready to go. All right, so let's let's get into this week's event. We get the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit, an old school Donald Ross golf course where Bryson DeChambeau is the the uh, Detroit Golf Club. Bryson DeChambeau is your defending champion. It's only the third year. Uh, this course has hosted the Are event CCD. What Detroit golf club. Okay. What'd you say? CCD. I think country club in Detroit. Uh is No, Detroit it's Detroit called Detroit, 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 Detroit golf I club a different facility. Yeah. I,
1: I worked up there back in the day, a long time ago. I don't know. If, and I, I don't know that CCD's is Donald Ross. I knew there was one up there, but I, I, I was very fortunate enough to be out there working at a very nice facility um, Detroit gets a bad rap and uh, well, it's, it's deserving. Um, but uh, so that you're not helping nice it very special. I, I don't know what to say. Like I, you started I, off like you were going to try to it. help like, Detroit. You know, it gets a bad rap and it's not right. But I remember leaving that event. My partner and I go to a hotel. We take a cab to go downtown to the uh, <laughs> casinos um but on the way down the cab driver actually turned back to us and i'll never forget this as long as i live and he goes boys if we were gonna flat tire here we would not stop <laughs> that
0: there is, are that there are stuck some rough areas yeah that has I, stuck with me i've been there once not for very long and that was enough for me
1: Motor C- motor city casinos oh, a fantastic spot
0: i think i went like that mgm there maybe yeah, that
1: was across the street. I don't know how we ended up at Motor City, but that's just where we went and had a big night.
0: Good times. But, all right. So McLean coming off a win, fresh off a of DraftKings win. Your floor is yours. Who's on your squad?
1: All right. So looking at my DraftKings team, uh, I've got some guys. I'm kind of like sneaky feeling good about it. We're going to go from low to high. Um, I have some guys that I picked for no reason just because I like the record. I like how they played this year. Uh, I like what I what they were valued at. And starting out that bunch is Matt Jones at $7,300. Uh, finished T36 last week at the Travelers, 70, 66, 67, 73. Put a couple of good rounds together. Had a tough round four. Um, made the cut at the U.S. Open. But he's also made 18 to 23 cuts, three top tens with one win. Uh, Matt Jones, 7,300. the guys made a lot of cuts this year and at that price point, I'm just looking for someone to make the cut, uh, moving up from there, Alex Norin. this guy has 14 or 19 cuts made yet to crack the top 10, but he did finish 13th at the Memorial and 69th at the Palmetto championship at Congaree. Um, 69th also means that he missed the cut. Um, However, he's made 14 of 19 cuts
0: <laughs> this is in rare form,
1: 14 of 19 cuts. Uh, again, at the low dollar amount, I'm really just looking for some cuts made, uh, moving up from there. My next dollar amount is the reigning PGA champion, Phil Mickelson. Wow. Look, uh, he's I'll pick him. I'll pick him for the next three years. The guy's not intimidated anywhere. He can play well anywhere. At $8,000, he's hard not to like. I mean, He did finish 61st last week at the Travelers, 62nd at the U.S. Open, but he also made both of those cuts. And for $8,000, he's a tough guy not to pick to make a cut. And also, if he gets in contention, the guy's a closer. So if the guy gets in contention, he's going to win. He's going to play well. He's not going to be disturbed by anyone and in fact if he's in contention and he's in the last group the guy's probably the most intimidating guy on tour if you have to play in the last group with phil mickelson as a young kid right now he's probably the most intimidating guy on tour he has the reputation for being the big gambler on practice rounds. you want to get in a phil mickelson game you may have lost a bunch of money to him in a practice round um He's obviously one of the best players of all time. He's, he, you got to think. You throw, um, oh, who's a young one We got it? Throw Zalatoris on Sunday with Mickelson. Mickelson's going to be somewhat of an intimidating force to play against. You're tied for the league going into Sunday. Bill Mickelson showing up. Hey, I got a couple hundred million in the bank. How did you take an Uber? To get to the course today? You
0: know uh, Zalatoris is not taking an Uber.
1: Well, no, I know, but at the same time, Migleson flew in private on probably his own plane. Zalatoris had to check his luggage. That's all I'm saying. Um, moving up from there, I got the Aiken product, Palmetto Golf Club, Kevin Kisner. I, I just love this guy's game. Played good last week at the Travelers, top five finish, um, 63 on sunday the guy shot two 63s last week so 63 on friday 63 on sunday round one and round three He doesn't like odd round events i don't get it he just you know he's an even guy so um what place did he finish fifth trending right direction big fan i like um, that pick. moving up from there former was he world number one didn't he get world number one for a week jason day
0: was yeah, it, he, was he was world number one. one?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Former world number one for a very short period of time. Um, but also finished 10th at the Travelers, 44th at the PGA, um, 11 of 18 cuts made, 8,900 bucks. Another guy who I think is kind of got that veteran status, former world number one, put him in contention. Um, the mental stability is not something to worry about. So I'm a big fan at that price point. Um, My high dollar guy. We already talked about him. He's top-heavy. Ribbit, ribbit. I got the bullfrog. I
0: had Jason
1: crack. 15 of 19 cuts made, five top tens, $9,500. Um, he did miss the cut in his last start at the U.S. Open, but he also won the Charles Schwab Challenge, which was his previous event to the U.S. Open. So he's played well as of recent. I think he plays well anywhere he's a veteran on tour he's had a lot of success this year five top tens and a lot of them coming since the Workday Championship in February you know he went ninth eighth ninth 49th at the Masters 13th at the Valspar 49th at PGA and then one at the Charles Schwab missed the cut at the U.S. Open but again a guy that I think has cemented himself as one of the top American players. And I look for him to also play well again this week as my top pick.
0: Okay. Some, uh, we got a couple overlaps on the, uh,
1: on the squad here. Great minds think alike.
0: I, uh, I took some risks. I went, I went a little different this week. I have a, a couple, couple studs and then I, uh, I took a few risks. I had to go down the board a little bit. So we're going to start at the bottom. Are you ready for this one? Bring it. I hope I pronounce his name right. Satoshi Kodaira. Dude, he's been playing well. He's playing well. Uh, $6,800 was a steal. He's made the cut. Um, He did not play in the US Open, but he had a 63 this past weekend at Travelers. Top 20 at the Palmetto. Top 20... Top, top 15 at the Bryce at the uh, uh, Byron Nelson 11th at Wells Fargo, just been playing well and just kind of sneaky getting back into form. So I'm going to go with, with him and just $6,800 was, was a steal. I had to go down the board a little bit. Then I'm going to go up. I have Alex Noren as well. Uh, same as you $7,600. I think I like him on this style of golf course. And then another sneaky pick, another, one out there that could bite me in the in the rear end, but Seb Straka saw him down there. I like that he played well um, this past week. He finished tenth uh, this past week at this past week at Travelers, and he's also played well in the two events at Rocket Mortgage, tied eleventh, tied eighth the last two years. So, um, coming off a good weekend, going to a course he's played at played well before. I like him at seventy seven hundred. I then go up to Emiliana Grillo, who um, has had been playing well the last two weeks, not that great. Uh, but I was really, this is from a, an article I was reading. He was like top five and all these different stats of guys that play well in different categories at Detroit Golf Club. So I'm going to go with him at 8,200. Just hopefully that article was right, pretty much. And then my top two guys, one uh, is, your top guy, the Bullfrog, 9,500, Jason Kokrak. You got to love him. You got to love him. They've been playing unbelievable well, unbelievably well this year. I think this is a very similar golf course to Colonial. Maybe a little few more birdies than Colonial, but um, I like him there. And then my number one at $10,000, Will Zalatoris. Wow. Wow, I like
1: that pick. I I almost picked him. He's destined to break through soon, and this could yeah, be a good I think he's I
0: think he's gonna break through. I think it's a good course for him. It's a kind of a ball striker's golf course. He can make a lot of birdies without having to putt that well. You know, you look at it like a, a par seventy two. These guys kind of eat up par seventy twos, right? When you give them four par fives, usually the scoring's pretty low.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely correct.
0: Um, and so I think he can get around with a bunch of birdies without even have to putt that. Just putting average for him. So. Uh, that's my squad. Like I said, it. I took a couple of flyers. It's, I'm either going to come in first or last. I think this weekend <laughs> pretty much uh, on this, but trying to have a little fun with well, it. If, and,
1: if only me and you get in, that's, that's very good. That's very a really good chance. good
0: chance. I'm in one of those spots. So, right. but, um, you know, Jay and Tom, if they listen to this tomorrow, they're going to get, you know, some cheating they're going to cheat. They're going to be able to hear our picks before they make their picks. So that's, a, and if,
1: if Jay gets this far, we meant no harm. We love you.
0: Don't meant- bring me into this. I didn't say anything. It negative. Was Mike's idea. He
1: was like, "You need to comment on Jay's play today." I, I
0: did not. I didn't actually. want to do
1: it, Jay. I I love you. I think you're amazing, and I can't wait to have you back. I'm
0: lonely without you. <laughs> well, so hopefully, hopefully next week uh, we'll have a full compliment of the Emergence Nine Golf Podcast hosts, and everyone will be back. And Jay and I will be getting ready to talk about the. Uh, Stayed open where he'll play well, and I won't. But you can then make fun of me and my scorecard at that event. So
1: we all but, playing Ballyhack again this year.
0: Nope, that Independence no longer at Ballyhack anymore. Seven year run really? at Ballyhack is over. Yep, I get to sleep in my own bed. It's in Richmond. I have to not to go down to Roanoke. I can sleep in my own bed. So that'll be fun.
1: But Foundry's closer to Independence than your houses. No. Okay. Fuck me. <laughs> sure.
0: It's a little bit closer. But sure. uh same exit. Same exit on two eighty eight. Anyways, same so exit. we uh yeah, again man. we we hopefully we'll have those guys back next week. And we thank you as always for listening, tuning in, downloading. Please remember to tell everyone, share this um with anyone you know.
1: Tell somebody. Anybody tell somebody,
0: please. We're begging.
1: And if you do pleading. and you get a follow, I will send you a free hat
0: you haven't given those away yet i'll buy more we do we we're got gonna, we we're got to get on uh, on some more merch as i think we're we're getting close to being out so anyways thanks again hope you enjoyed the uh, the two man show and uh we'll be back next week
1: thanks thanks guys have a good night